The RPG After Years is part of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Find out more at probablywork.com. Yes, hello everybody, and welcome to the RPG Years, your 15th best show for all things RPG-related news. And we've got a big club for you today. Yes, hello everyone, and welcome to officially the best RPG, JRPG-based video game content show from the lovely state of Essex. <laughs> if there is any others based in Essex in England, then uh, yeah, get out, son. I've got this spot. It's mine. Yes, hello everybody. I'm Bill. I'm your host for today and forever. Forever and always, I'll be there. <laughs> oh man, where am I going today? Yes, and we've got a bumper episode for you today because it's RPG Club time, people. That is right. We are going to be covering the wondrous, stupendous Final Fantasy XII. And this was section from Jahara up to Mont Burumises. <laughs> I think that's how they said it in the game. But we had to get there for a second time. That's right. You'll get to Mount Burumises and then you'll do something else and then you'll come back. That is the plan for today, people. And I'm going to be here to tell you all about it. In the meantime, let's catch up. Bing, bang, bong. Yes, uh, what have I been doing? So I've been playing Final Fantasy XII. Would you bloody guess it? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> that was coming from nowhere, wasn't it? So yes, I've been playing lots and lots of Final Fantasy XII for the RPG Club. If you're not aware and this is your first time listening to show to the show and you've come in halfway through a club episode, then welcome. Welcome in with warm, cuddly, furry arms as I hug hug my microphone gently and go, ah, welcome to the warm embrace of the RPG years. You can never, ever leave. Isn't that right, Punch Drunk Dave? Yeah, you thought you was out, now you're back in. Anyway, <laughs> so yes, we here at the RPG Years have an RPG club. It's like a book club for JRPG video games. Our patrons help vote and nominate 
on said game, which this one happens to be Final Fantasy XII. And so we are playing through the game in little segmenties at a time. Now, because Final Fantasy XII is quite a big game, these segments have been slightly chunkier than what we normally do. And for some reason, I'm managing to keep pace. You know, all the other clubs I've had to do in, like, bursts of energy. But no, this one I'm actually keeping going. And it's probably because I'm just really, really enjoying the game quite a lot. A lot of it plays itself, but it's kind of... It's nice, it's refreshing, and it's still challenging at the same time, which I I really enjoy. Ah, I really enjoy... Yeah, so, anyway. What have I been doing? I've been playing the RPG Club. I've also been playing Banjo-Kazooie. Yes, because I'm not a glutton for punishment enough. I know it's not RPG related, but uh, the Super Switch Club are playing Panjo and Kazooie at the moment, and I did kind of accidentally invent that podcast. And uh, thank you, Eric, for continuing my my hell. <laughs> that is the Super Switch Club. Uh, no, no, I really enjoyed Echo the Dolphin. That was a great game. But yeah, I'm I'm going to play along with it. You know, I hate the game completely. It is absolute trash. Everyone else seems to bloody love it. I missed the negativity this time around. But um, terrible 3D platforming collectathon that doesn't always let you collect stuff. It's just irritating as fuck. But anyway, I'm not going to complain about it too much. That's kind of been my gaming for the week, really. Um, where am I in Banjo? Oh, yeah, I'm just I'm finishing up Bubblegum Swamp, I think it's called, after doing Clanker's Cavern. So I've got to finish that, and then I've got one more episode afterwards. Uh, one more level to finish off this segment of that it's just like book club book club video games are great fun to play giving you your little segments to get in you know i, I prioritize final fantasy 12 once i've hit the checkpoint of final fantasy 12 i'll try and grind in a few hunts and then i'll switch over and i'll do some banjo and kazooie mainly because i don't like playing the next segment of the rpg club before i've recorded so that's why i'm here today to record for you people <laughs> But in the meantime, let's switch over. Let's switch gears. Come on, change it. Guess it can't find it. Grind it. Uh, we are going to be talking the latest RPG news for the week. Hear ye, hear ye. Gather round for all your news. Stop your clatter and listen close. Alas, you won't believe your ears. Listen close for the news. RPG news. RPG news. RPG news! RPG news! Right. People have been really fudging around with my bloody... <laughs> my bloody news channel that I've got. Um, where was I last time? Yeah, we talked about E3, didn't we? Loop 8, yeah, that's all good. Uh, that's it. So, the Xbox Marketplace is removing games. Kind of. <laughs> it's going to be on. It's still going to remain on the Marketplace. This isn't even really that big a news. It's just basically... Uh, they're removing certain games that you can download from the Xbox 360 marketplace. So I think the real big takeaway from this piece of news is that the Xbox 360 marketplace still exists, <laughs> at least for a little bit longer. Yeah, they were taking down a bunch of games from that marketplace, like Assassin's Creed, Call of Duty games, Far Cry 2, Left 4 Dead games, Limbo. Oh man, Limbo. I, I loved Limbo on the 360. That was such a great little indie game. Although it probably wasn't actually even indie, but it was such a great little game to play. Um, yeah, just um, taking down a bunch of games, including Star Wars, Knight of the Republic, do, and The Witcher, do, <laughs> games everyone hates. Uh, but yes, I was just surprised to find out 360 was still supported. But don't worry, guys, those guys, those games are still all going to be available on the newer X-Bone consoles. So don't you worry your pretty little heads too much, you know? I think the, the big one that everyone's worried about was Blue Dragon and Lost Odyssey, but you know... 
the available on Steam, I think. So don't worry about it. <laughs> and this was a funny one. Over to FF14 land. Yes. The world's first clear of a new ultimate raid included cheating. <laughs> now, I had a little read through this article. And I feel... So, I, I feel quite sorry for the guy. Like, so... These people are just like, you know, they're Final Fantasy fourteen experts. You know, I don't know if you can be a Final Fantasy fourteen professional. I don't know if that's actually a thing. Probably is. But, you know, if you stream on Twitch and you probably get more than 100 people watching and subbing for you, then you're probably a professional Final Fantasy fourteen player. As 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 it was dawned on the... In the... Uh, uh, what do you call it? The things that Moses wrote on those tablets. Is that the right guy? Probably not. But yes, you know, <laughs> written in stone since biblical times, Final Fantasy fourteen professionals must have over 1,000 viewers. <laughs> or some shit. <laughs> Don't know where I'm going with that. Just went all biblical for no reason. But yes, um, they probably... Yeah, I felt really sorry for the guy because he was using a mod and Square Enix very much and EOCP was even... Like, no, you can't use mods for my game, people. That's not fair. All right? You didn't really clear it because you're using a mod. The mod he was using just zooms the camera out a bit so you get a bit more view of the battlefield. Like, it does feel like a really cheap reason to be like, nah, sorry, guys, that doesn't count. <laughs> you know? You've just pulled off the biggest feat in Final Fantasy fourteen to date, but... Now, three of you guys, or whoever it was, I think it might have just been one, but or just a couple, but yeah, they were just using a mod that zoomed the camera out. It feels really, really harsh. But, again, it's kind of, I also see Square Enix's point of view where you shouldn't need to mod the game. The game is how we designed it. This is the view Yoshi P wanted you to look down the camera at when you're playing the game. So you shouldn't be able to mod that to zoom out to get a better view, because then that gives you an advantage over players who aren't doing it, I suppose. I see it from both angles. Do feel sorry for the guy, but yeah, also, don't fucking cheat, you know? If you're going to be playing a game like this and trying to play at a high level, don't fucking cheat, alright? If you're going to fucking ride a bike in the Tour de France, you ride a fucking bike! Stop taking fucking doping drugs, stupid bike cyclist people. Man, cyclists irritate me. <laughs> anyway. Now, it's a cool bit of news, and I should have looked up if they actually did it or not, but the Ubisoft Paris... Unions were going to call for a strike on Friday. And they're striking in order to get better wages and the implementation of a four-day work week. Can you strike to get a four-day work week? Is that actually a thing? <laughs> I'm like... I'm considering going on strike. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, I'm just really surprised at that. I mean, the alternative thing is I don't really know if it's actually newsworthy stuff because the French... Um, one of the good things about the French is that they do really stand up for themselves when it comes to workers' rights. And the French are always going on strike if they're not happy with, you know, uh, working conditions and pay. They're very, very on top of that. You know, at the moment in the UK, we're going through a lot of strikes, but no one really gives, someone seems to give two shits at the moment, which seems a bit strange. Like, I, I want all those healthcare professionals to get better pay, better wages. All the people going on strike and the trains and stuff, they deserve it. All the people with all the teachers and everything, they deserve it too. But a game developer asking for a four-day week? Are you fucking mad? <laughs> no, 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 I'm only joking. Ubisoft France, I salute you. I am fully behind you wanting your four-day week and your extortionately high wages compared to other European countries where you can get probably a better developer for cheaper. But you, you people, you stand up for yourselves and wait until Ubisoft decide to close their Paris district. 
<laughs> I'm being I'm being right. I'm being really contrary here, aren't I? I'm sorry. I do really support the people working their asses off at Ubisoft France. Okay. And uh, yeah, I, I hope I hope you make a really good Assassin's Creed game because we haven't had one for a while. So thank you very much. <laughs> oh man, I've already come across like a right dick in that last news article. Let's move on. Move on, my life. Next news is that Bill is drunk. What? Shit, I must have been really drunk. <laughs> and then also um, in news, various day life was finally now available for app stores in Google Play, which, um, yeah. <laughs> Very, uh, this led me to go down a rabbit hole of uh, farming for questions to be like, various day life. I mean, I, I know some games have really dumb names, like Battlefield. Yeah, you're literally doing it on a battlefield. But various day life just seems like a step beyond all those types of dumb, name, dumb names. So, yeah, I think I, I'd like to hear back from people on what what would you consider a dumb name for a video game? And, you know, or if you could change the name of any video game that you currently like and give it a dumb name, what would it be? You know, let me know. Put your answers on a postcard, people, and I'll I'll, I'll see them in the future. Uh, again we got more confirmation that square is actually planning uh, more new main uh, more new titles uh, multiple titles uh, which we assume are going to be final fantasy related uh, as well as a brand new ip and again it's kind of like is this really that i get i get it's exciting that one of our favorite rpg companies is producing more content but is it really that newsworthy because they you know, they're always making new IPs. Like we've got Triangle Strategy, we've got Dio Field Chronicles, which no one is ever talking about. Why is no one ever talking about that game? We've got Harvestella, we've got various Daylife, like all these games. So yeah, they're just continuing to batter out new new ones. It's quite cool. And then finally, there's a new game called uh, Wandering Sword, uh, which <clears throat> is a HD 2D pixel art game. And uh, they currently have a limited time de uh, demo that has been released. So, you know, it looks absolutely gorgeous. But if you guys have time to play it, let me know what you think of the demo. I really want to hear more about this game. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be quite difficult <laughs> from what I hear on the internet. But yeah, I'd love to hear more about Wandering Sword if you get a chance to play it, people. I have not, so I'm not going to talk about it too much. But it'd be great to hear from you guys if you can. Right, so that brings an end to the news for this week, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed your weekly dose of RPG goodness. And now it's over for the RPG, RPG, RPG Club. Yeah. <laughs> Boys out. From Eric Slater. Creator of Epic Fails of History comes a bold new vision of the future in his latest book, 2299. 2299 is a sci-fi noir about a detective on the edge of the abyss. While investigating a cold case on Vanaheim, a space station orbiting Neptune, Desmond Faust finds himself ensnared in a web of lies and murder. The closer he gets to discovering the truth, the more aware he becomes that he might not leave this place alive. Eric Slater's 2299 is available now on Amazon. <laughs> Boys out! All right, everyone. Quiet down. All rise. We're here today to bring to order the next session of the RPG Club. 
All in favour? All opposed? And looks like the eyes have it. Then let the RPG club commence! So, yes, FF12 RPG club, section free people. Um, I'm admittedly I'm a little bit short on time today, so I am going to keep this kind of short and sweet. My uh, my sincerest apologies, but I will do my best to be as concise as possible. So yes, we start this segment on the bank of Sagart. Sagart? Yeah, you know, we went we went to Jahara, <laughs> <coughs> which is a land full of the Gareth. The Gareth. Um, I think they're wearing masks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they talk about having masks and they're very humanoid-esque people but they have long claws they wear sort of like almost like kind of like samurai type battle armor and then they have these huge like antler things coming out of their heads and they quite often talk to them as being masks and um, yeah apparently the war chief saw you out on the fields and is quite friendly with you so he's just like hey yeah go, go speak to some of the elders you know you might not be able to recognize them from afar but if you go up close to them their fucking names will appear above their heads so you can talk to the right ones <laughs> they're just like oh oh okay yeah okay we'll, we'll, we'll try and find out some more information about uh nephesite then in that case shall we yeah yeah uh yeah anyway and so you can go up and you can trigger trigger the next cut scene where uh the gareth chief basically tells you he doesn't know fuck all <laughs> about it it's like yeah look i've got some nephesite and i'm the great descendant of the diner's king because i'm ash and he's like oh yeah well I, uh, I, I actually don't know anything about it yeah, I know I'm supposed to be the keepers of the ship, but we've kind of don't know anything about it. So yeah, you're gonna have to go to Mont Bartomeses, MacGuffin, MacGuffin, MacGuffin. <laughs> Just like, are you alright, mate? <laughs> are you sane? Because like that's bonkers. <laughs> and then we get be here where kind of like Bosch decides to question Balfier's intent for the group, which kind of comes across as a bit shady wady. <laughs> but Balfier's just like, hey, you know, I'm just doing it for the treasure. Well, because that's what I am. I'm the drunken sky pirate did it for the treasure. <laughs> definitely, definitely not did it for something else, you know. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and also, uh, what's his name? Uh, Larsa. Larsa rejoins the party, which is great, because it's great having that extra hand in battle to kill things with. So now we go back into the um, <clears throat> Osmos Plain on our way to... We're trying to go west to Bermont or Marseille is the one. But, uh, and, you know, there are some places to visit along the way, which I will get to. I'm sure you're all, you're all waiting for that, aren't you? Uh, but yes, you have to essentially travel, you know, through Woo Hell! Woo Hell! Um, <laughs> which I think actually has a certain... Uh, is, I think it's called the Green Snake Area. And... Um, Oh, yeah, I hate this area. <laughs> but, yeah, travel through Woo Hell, people, where it's just full full of wool, woos that you have to kill over and over again. And then uh, you can get all the way up to the next area into the Glamour Jungles. Now, I have to say that because I keep calling it Gilmore in my head, but it's actually Glamour. And this is where we finally have the Mulbros. Yeah, Mulbros people. Yeah, they're absolute bastards, aren't they? And... Um, Essentially, we're walking through a very dark forest. Kind of, when you get to something like this, you realise the the kind of 
I because I like I I really enjoy the gameplay a lot more than say Final Fantasy X because it's a lot more open. There's a lot more areas that you can roam about in. But at the same time, when you get to this and you remember like the forest area in Final Fantasy X, you we've taken a, a very big graphical hit <laughs> to get to here. This is very dark kind of. You know, they've made the trees thick, so there's not really too much scenery to look through. And yeah, it does, doesn't look anywhere near as good as Final Fantasy X. But again, this game is way more fun to play. <laughs> or play itself, should I say. So yeah, <clears throat> with, with Larsa in tow, we work our way through the jungle, only to find that in fact there is a barrier preventing our progress to go anywhere else. And Fran basically starts turning into fucking Doctor Who at this moment, talking all cryptic shit that no one else can understand. And she walks off, walks down a path, and creates a magical grass bridge going out somewhere, which actually leads to the Urit village, which is the land of the Viera. Giggity. Anyway, we walk down this pathway... <laughs> into the next area and uh, Fran decides I'm not going to go in but you know I want you to find uh, my sister Mia I think her name's Mia or something like that and uh, <clears throat> bring her back to me and oh my god people this whole village is not a village this is actually <clears throat> a tree house playboy mansion filled with hot hot bunny women like it's not I, I mean come on square this is obscene. This is like borderline pornography. There is... There is... There is oh, oh, I'm going to burst a blood vessel. I don't know how to say it without my daughters listening back to this and thinking badly of me. But damn. Like, I mean, what are they... They're all dressed in like leather, tight leather. Most of it's thongs. And they've, they've all got push-up bras on and long hair and... The fluffy bunny ears? It's it's way, way too much. Even like the NPCs are bad enough. But then when you come across the ones that are actually like like Joe who runs the place. My word, what is Joe wearing? She's she's hot as hell. Oh but yeah, we, we, we find out that actually um uh your sister Muir buggered off somewhere because you know, because of you, it's always your fault. You know, you left fucking 50 years ago and apparently she wandered off a week ago. Your fault, Fran! 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 Your sister walked off! Yeah? That's all your fault? You left 50 years ago! She's like, fucking hell, man. Mule's obviously had some sort of weird thing. Yeah, by the way, the Viera sort of weirdly speak to the forest and Fran actually says the fact that she can't really hear the forest and so Joke does a little ceremony, stretches her arms out, pushes the boobs out into the camera. You know, I don't think I didn't notice that square. You know, she pushed her boobs out in the camera. Pam, camera pans around behind Fran. And you're looking at her joke from behind Fran's butt cheeks. This is just terrible, Square. It's too much for me to take. I'm a red, red-blooded male who's into women like that. And it's just, oh, oh my God, man. Stop doing it to me, Square. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, essentially now, anyway, so she tells you, joke, uh, no, Mia, joke tells you Mia has buggered off. And I'm going to try and get out of the treehouse of playboy bunny women quickly because it's just too much for my heart to take and um <clears throat> you can go back uh you have to basically um <clears throat> you have to now go to the hen mines to track her down and i actually got a bit lost in this stage i think a few other people did in the discord so 
I kind of just, you know, used the warp feature that's built into the fucking orange save crystals and went back to Jahara thinking, ah, yeah, I think I can get back to the hen mines quicker from here because it's south. And then I realised it's in the Wu Hell area and there's a big valley and you can't actually get through that valley on foot. I kind of, I vaguely remembered in my head, I think I need a chocobo to get over here. And I remember some, I remember the guy, the guy who lets you rent chocobos outside Jahara being like, yeah, you can have a free chocobo. So I went back to Jahara and then um, unfortunately um, uh, Judge uh, Hansen Judge Hansen yeah you know <laughs> let's hope we get more Judge Hansen because I want to do umbop all day long and Judge Hansen tells you that um, uh, you know he, he wishes he could accompany Lord Larsa with you to Mur but money fears in his absence but yeah, you know, you tell him to be like, fuck you, man, Lars is with us, bro. <laughs> you ain't got shit. <laughs> yeah, right. Now there's there's actually there's actually you can go back to Rabinastra as well at this point and do some little uh, side quests. And I'm kind of, you know, I, when I when I go over these episodes, I bring up I like to bring up a guide so that I can kind of follow my way through, make sure I'm keeping on track. Because I quite often lose track and my notes are all over the place. My notes are normally just like boing bunny women, boing boing boing. And then there's one here later saying, Larsa, you fucking dickwad. And it's just like, they, these these notes make sense in the moment, but not always when you're reading it back for a podcast. And um, yeah, apparently there's one in Rabinasta where you can do some Viera matchmaking to help the wandering Viera find her soulmate somewhere in Rabinasta. So I have missed that side quest, but hot diggity damn, I'm going back and I'm doing that side quest tonight. <laughs> oh, yes, people. Oh man, I've got to find out what some of these side quests are and try and mop them up. Like I've been mopping up all the hunts, but I've also been trying to burn through this game with my limited gaming time. So I've not always been stopping and talking to everyone and finding all these things. I have, however, acquired half a weather vane. <laughs> Don't ask me what's going on there. There's a there's some guy who tells you about he can't get through the I think it's the Easter Sand because it's too stormy, and he's just like, yeah, fuck me, just, the Easter Sand's a fucking dick place. It's just sandstorm going on all the time. And then he tells you to go speak to the guy sitting on the fountain. The guy on the fountain told me to go fuck myself. No, he told me to go speak to his mate downstairs near old Dallin's house. I went down and spoke to him and he said, oh yeah, I used to have a wind vane, but only half of one. Here's where half of the wind vane is. And I had to go back into the desert and find it under a cactus. And then I've gone back and they're, they're all bloody gone. It's just like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? What's going on? What? What do I do with this other half of the weather vane? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to Google that at some point because it's bugging the shit out of me. Um, but it's gonna help me unlock the north point of the Esther Sands. I just got really like waylaid with this little side quest at this point in the game, and then it made me completely forgot what the fuck I was supposed to be doing, and it was getting to the hen mines. So um, uh, I I went and I got a chocobo, and then I accidentally got off the chocobo. And then it was still wandering around. And then anyway, I eventually just thought, oh, I'm just going to Google it quickly because I can't be bothered. And apparently there's two guards in like the bit just before the Glamour jungle and you have to give one of them a potion and then he'll let you borrow his chocobo and then you can take that down a secret path to get into the hen mines. Who fucking knew, eh? Who fuck? I mean, honestly, amount of people who must have actually done what I did and just got on the save crystal bandwagon and just hopped off somewhere. <laughs> just be like, yeah. Anyway, at the entrance to the hen mine, we find uh, Larsa and um, Balfir have a bit of back and forth about the Dakor Laboratory, which has come up a few times. And I can't remember anything about the Dark Law Laboratory, uh, but it sounds absolutely messed up. It's like where Sid's doing experiments. A bit like Final Fantasy VI, where Kefka's doing the experiments on um, 
espers. That's that's the kind of feels it's giving me. Um, and it also kind of reminds me of that kids TV program. Uh, is it Jimmy Neutron? No, not Jimmy Neutron. Dexter's Laboratory. That's it. <laughs> I assume it's going to be like Dexter's Laboratory going forward. So, yep, you know, we have to go into the hen mines. And I really enjoyed this dungeon. There's a couple of intersections where you can flip a switch, right? And then loads of slimes fall on top of you. Now, the first one is just very basic. But the second one, you can farm. Okay? And I, I put this to great, great use. The farming. So... <clears throat> Once you get through the first bit of the mines, and there's dinosaurs in the mines, people. Ha <laughs> ha! Yes, I didn't bother killing that dinosaur earlier, but I've killed him now. <laughs> out in the out in the old uh, western sand, but no, yes, there's big dinosaurs down here, so it's great fun killing those fuckers. Now, there is, um, yeah. So when you get to the second part where you can flip the switch, you've got to flip the switch the way so you have to run past the dinosaurs so you can get out of the area. And then the slimes will drop down. Then you have to kill all these slimes, right? And you get huge, like, I think there's like 20 of them or some shit. But you can burn burn through burn through them at four times speed. Nice and simple. Kill them all out. Get a big, big chain, right? And then hold the flea button, okay? Run past the dinosaurs and the bats. Get out. Get to the save point. Do not touch the save point, all right? Touching save points resets your chain, yeah? Just got to run back to where the save point is. At that point, you've gone two screens, Without touching an enemy or killing anything else, you've still got your cha you've still got your chain for the flans. Then you run back, flip the switch, kill the next bunch of flans. Flip the switch again, run back out two screens, back to the save point. Don't touch the save point. And then you get a really huge chain up. Really, really great way of grinding up some levels. I kept switching out characters here and there to get them up. Brilliant, brilliant idea for grinding. All right, you get loads of um, yellow liquid. Uh, files and you can sell those for like 350 gil each you know i this was the point where i finally bolstered up my money because i'm always bloody broke in this game but it was great <laughs> it was great it's like yes finally i've got some bloody bloody things i can actually do <laughs> and then we finally we finally go past the save point and we bump into muir but she kind of runs off like a crazy lady and then we get attacked by tiamat yeah, the famous Tiamat. I kind of feel like they pulled Tiamat out their ass a bit early in this one, you know? Tiamat's normally like end boss, you know, end game type boss stuff. He had a really cool sort of ring around his head, which really reminded me of like actually FF13 kind of bosses, like Barfandalus, where he's got the kind of things sort of floating around him. Seemed a bit strange, but yeah, he's kind of like this big, like metallic object thing. I didn't really have too much trouble with him though. I kind of batted him down. I hadn't also, just to make... I hadn't grinded at this point. I came back to the hen mines after the, the fight in the forest, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. But yeah, I didn't have too much difficulty with Tiamat, so I can't really say too much about it. Um, I have subsequently learnt um, about quickenings, uh, which I haven't really spoken about because I haven't really been using them. But oh my god, quickening chains in the early part of this game are really, really powerful. You know, they get less powerful as you go on. So beware, Ryan. I know you're using them. But I finally decided to delve in and start using quickenings. And yeah, if you chain them together and then you get like a torrent summit. Like, it's really weird. If you chain like two or three together or more, then you get different type of quickening summons. Again, I haven't really fully understood what's going on here. But the more quickenings you do, it's kind of conjunctioned with your strength stats. So if you do it with your strat characters who are really strong, you'll get a stronger effect from them. So, yeah, you know, I, I would definitely suggest, especially as we're still in this sort of semi-early part of the game, really bash out your quickenings, people. So anyway, we we we've, we killed Tiamat and it kind of rescues Muir from this trance that she's been in. And apparently the mist is kind of 
being corrupted and taking control of her, which is really weird. So you return you return her to the uh, to the bunny the bunny village, <laughs> and uh, Jote basically uh, she she gives you the uh, Lent's tear in order so that you can continue with the game, and gives you her permission to carry on, and she talks to the forest as well at this point and gives you a vague. Vague warning. Come back to the forest. But yeah, but the basically like the forest doesn't hate you, Fran. You're too hot. <laughs> the forest loves you, man. He wants you back. I want you back. I want you back. I want you back for good. Whatever I did, whatever I said, Fran, I didn't mean it. I just want you back for good. But yes, you're in the Glamour jungle, you can now go through the barriers. Uh, and past Marlborough Hill, I really struck first. I forgot to say it. First time I got back to, uh, first time I entered the jungle, didn't have too much trouble killing the cat things that sort of roam about. You know the corals they're called, aren't they? Or uh, corals. Um, but damn, once I started getting into the Marlboroughs, I killed the first group fairly easy. Second group, then well, I got a couple of status effects. Then some other things started appearing and killing me. And I just, I, a couple of characters died. I held flee and I ran all the way. <laughs> to the bunny village to protect me but this point round been to the hen mines killed a few things a bit more leveled up uh, and then I go into the hall of the dreamer dreamer which is basically a huge green dragon uh, I keep calling them dragon they call them um, uh, worms don't they <laughs> or whims elder whims w-y sorry it's y no w-y-r-m whim whim rim rum right how do I pronounce that word, people? <laughs> All right. I really, I, I know I struggle with some basic words. It's mainly because I just read quicker than I can speak. Uh, but yeah, some words just really tongue tie me and I just can't get my head around this word. So yeah, anyway, this big green grassy dragon and this fucker does status effects on you. He does this weird like, you know, you get him down like a quarter of health or something. Then he does this spore attack and then you have to spend five minutes just trying to get yourself back to normal then start whittling down some more health. And um yeah, it was really difficult. Like, thank, thank, thank bloody hell for Larsa and his extreme amount of gambits that he's got set up. <clears throat> because, yeah, thanks to him, <laughs> he was the one doing most of my healing for my party. So, yeah, great stuff. But yeah, it was really, this was probably the most fun battle I've had so far. It was bloody awful with the spore thing that he did. <laughs> but it made it a real challenge. And I'm glad it wasn't too bad. But this then leads us into the Palmeria, Palmeria Rift. I want to say, I want to say Panama, the Panama Rift, <laughs> like the Panama Canal, but it's not. It's par, par, Paramania, Paramania, Paramania Rift. There we go. There you go. I can pronounce things if I just stop and read it. <laughs> but yeah, this place again, we're finally into an ice place. Not my favourite type of area. I know Disa loves a good ice area, but this is essentially just like a mini walking way up a mountain and i really don't get the geography of this area right so it's really strange 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 geography so we're going up this mountain where it's all cold and snowy and then it seems like we break through the clouds and then there's no longer any more snow like it, it doesn't get warmer when you're further up that doesn't make any sense like what what was it doing there hello hello <laughs> you 
yeah, it's just really weird. You suddenly get to these like green mountains and there's floating stones again, but it's cold. It's cold when you go up closer to the atmosphere. Yeah, anyway, I couldn't get it, but damn, Burma, 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 but Burma says is absolutely gorgeous. I love this area. I got Once I got up to that floating platform and I could look around, you know me, people, I like a good look around. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. What a absolute gorgeous town one of one of my favorites very very short is this is this this town borders on uh final fantasy 10 territory where it's sit pretty much as two long corridors but yeah oh, it's just so beautiful i just absolutely love it they've, they've really done a good job on these type of things really really good so you have to go talk to this giant cat man called al sid you know we we meet a few Sid at this point oh no sorry not al sid uh, the Grand Kiltius, that's it. And then Al Cid, suddenly, that's it. Al Cid, who's our um, uh, Spanish protagonist. Yeah, he looks, uh, he just suddenly comes in. You know, he's got his chest hair out, so he must be from Spain. And <laughs> he's got a bit of a Spanish accent. Looks like he has an eye patch as well to begin with. I'm, I'm, I'm very confused as to what, he's, what his shtick is, really. He might, he might just have like a squirrel-style scar, or he might just have a bit of hair going over his eye. But yeah, they all start going deep, deep into what the fudge is going on <laughs> so there's yeah so the arcadians are trying to provoke the rosarians by using princess ash so we now can't announce princess ash is alive because it will force the arcadians to attack which will then force these guys to uh attack and then everyone gets attacked yeah yeah political intrigue something like that anyway he says basically you need to go to this tomb <laughs> another tomb the still shine of miriam which, which i love <laughs> what's <you> doing miriam <laughs> um, and you have to get the sword of kings uh, which is your ancestors weaponry so you know back through the old uh, back through the, the passage of death the butt passage and into the steel shrine now i did i still shrine was not too bad right you have to you have to again the first bit stumped me for a minute you had to be holding uh the uh the nephesite thing that you got uh was it the dawn shard dawn shard you had to hold the dawn shard in order to activate the first pedestal to get down to prove that you are who you are and then there's this giant statue of a sword that stops you from progressing to the last bit so essentially you have to kind of wander around and turn some statues around and they're all supposed to face into the middle which i didn't really get at first so I kind of pointed them all facing south, thinking that was pointing towards the sword, but no, I had to point them into the middle. Um, but yeah, this was a great, great dungeon. There's bombs everywhere. You know, there's loads of great stuff to pick up. You get to kill all the, all the stone statues that come to life and things. Really, I had a lot, a lot of fun exploring this dungeon. Over, like a couple, Again, I'd go around it twice because I had to turn all the statues back around. But it was really, really good fun getting all the way around it. There was, like, there was a couple of mini-bosses in here as well. Like One of them just sort of popped out of the floor and you had to kill it. And um, I didn't really understand what was happening. It said something about there was like a magnetic field and all your weapons became heavy. And my team just went forward and battered the shit out of it. It's just like, um, I, I've, I've not done anything. <laughs> What's, what is this? Normally, like... Games like FF4 and stuff, where there's a magnetic field, you can't fucking use your weapons at all. 
It's just like, well, you can't move the characters. But this one, like, all my characters just run forward and just like, like beat it to death with hockey sticks or something. But no, like it was just really, really funny. They just absolutely mullered it. But yeah, eventually you get all the way to the middle and then we get to fight. Um, oh, God. Matthias. 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 You know, it's Shiva. Fucking this game, right? They named all the airships after summons and then named all the summons after the summons from Final Fantasy XII really really boggles your brain a little bit but um yeah i had a good fight with this one it took me a little while um i wasn't oh, i don't know i probably could have just gone into gambit mode and tried to actually take her out properly but i didn't i just sort of slowly battered her down it took took me ages but it was a nice little a nice little fight running around and letting my team kill it and trying to keep my team trying to keep the team alive but yeah, not too bad. It was kind of after this fight that I was like, oh, I need to level up a bit. So I went back to the hen mines and did did my special uh, slime grind, as I like to call it. But yeah, you eventually beat her. You get your second Esper. Gave her to Ash, of course. Why not? Um, <laughs> and then you get a cutscene where, again, very Final Fantasy XIII-esque with all these like spinning wheels and green lights and stuff. And they all start turning off. And then it, the sword releases the Sword of Kings into your things. And... Uh, Van and Ash actually, uh, Van, sorry, Van, yeah, Van and Ash actually have a brief chat about seeing Vas, um, Rex or whatever his name was again, her ex-husband. She saw him again, but this time Van didn't see him, which is slightly worrying. But anyway, we finally we've got the Sword of Kings, so we've now got that for some reasons of thingy majiggies, and um, <clears throat> we come out and we find that actually Mount Burtomisays has been attacked. Yes, the fucking Empire. The Arcades have fucking zoomed in and decided that they want to uh, attack Mount Burr on Mises for some very strange, odd reason. So we have to run back up there and we get to the Grand Kiltius. He's been knocked to the floor, presumably dead, by Judge Bergen. I haven't got a good song about Bergens to sing, so I do I do apologies. Uh, please put your Bergen songs on a postcard, although it's now too late, because I killed him! <laughs> yes, I killed that motherfucker dead. Um, again, not too much of a challenge. I just kind of just let my, my team, you know, hit, hit, him, hit him until he dies. Yeah, you know, then he died. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so, and that kind of, that brings an end to the segment. So... Um, we we decide basically that at this point we're going to travel to the imperial city of Arcades and of course we're not going to take the fucking airship that we own are we as sky pirates no we're going to fucking walk all the way there bastards um, so, so yeah we have to now walk to the imperial cities of Arcades in order to stop some sort of weird impending doom dark side dark side stuff um, yeah I'm not really sure like Larsa finds out, yeah, so Larsa, when we first get to Mount Burr, oh god, I forgot about that, when we first got to Mount Burr on Mercedes, and we talked to El Cid, he mentions the fact that Larsa's dad has actually died, and so, um, Va, uh, uh, what's his name, <laughs> who's the main guy, who's the main bad guy, he's now, he's now in charge of the capital city, and then we even get a scene where it shows him taking out that female judge who's kind of been protesting and trying to say, like, we're going to look after Larsa. And I think she even then asks Bosch's brother uh, to be like, make sure you kind of look after Larsa. He needs protecting. Um, and Larsa decides to go to leave the party at that point. <laughs> Thank you, Larsa, you arsehole. Uh, even though we really needed you, uh, Larsa does leave us 
in the lurch. Well, we well, we went to the Steel Shrine of Miriam. And then, yeah, when we come back and we have to fight Judge Bergen, I believe Larsa has already been taken and taken back. So we're kind of going to go to there for, you know, to prove it, Princess Ash is Ash and Larsa and trying to get her to help. All those sort of good things. I'm sure it will clear up a bit in the future. I found it very confusing and couldn't really follow what was going on. <laughs> uh, also, I did grab the stand, uh, the Stone of Condomer <laughs> on my way out. I spoke to an acolyte and he gave it to me. And I'm just like, I think he said I had to go back to the Steel Shrine of Miriam. And I was just like, oh, look, look, little fella. who looks like you're from the Dark Crystal series. Um, I'm not, I don't, I don't really want to go back there, mate. All right. Do you want your stone back? He wouldn't take it back. <laughs> uh, but yes anyway that brings an end to the segment um, again I, in post I went and did a lot of grinding and a lot of hunts uh, I killed this big thing in the sandy desert which I think kind of set me off as well on that weird weather vane hunt I went on um, yeah that's pretty much it okay right well let's get into everybody's feedback shall we for this segment <laughs> First up, as always, Frost, because he fucking finished a segment after like two days. <laughs> segment three complete at level 30, 23 hours. Oh, I'm in like mid-high 30s now. It's difficult to say with my times and stuff because I've now done a lot of post-grinding after finishing the segment. I think I've put at least two or three hours of stuff into it, so I feel like my times and my levels are now getting slightly bloated. But anyway, uh, he level 30 in 23 hours for Frost. I'm significantly leveled at this point where nothing other than the optional hunts have been challenging, although I do remember the Elder Wim giving me troubles in the past. One mark I'd like to specifically call out is Ophros. Ophros, hmm? You may know him as our old pal Ultros. Oh, I haven't done that one yet. It's hilarious that the only way to get to him to spawn is to have an all-female party when you enter the area. Ah. I will say, though, that the waterway is my least favourite area in the game. Oh, fucking amen to that. I've tried... I. There's two flan hunts down there, right? A black one and a white one. I've killed the black one, which was difficult enough. I think actually that was one where I had to get... Yeah, actually that was one where I had to get an all-female party. Oh yeah, I've done that. Hmm, okay, I've done that one. But the other one, the white moose thing, like I, that thing just murders me every time and I hate it. And I hate having to go down to the waterway making a special effort for it. So I'm coming back to that late game. <laughs> I'm going to murder that thing with one hit. Teach him who's boss. Uh, the Irup Village is one of my favourite locations in any game ever. Giggity. It's stunningly beautiful. And I simply love the theme, giggity. This is the best town theme in the entire series. We also met Fran's sister, which fills in a bit of a backstory, giggity. I love the way the game does storytelling, cutting between our party and the Empire. In this segment, we see Vane's plan laid bare as he murders his father and disbands the Senate to consolidate his military power. Oh, thank you, Frost, for explaining it to me. Uh, I love the idea of Ash seeking her birthright. Uh, in these stones and sword and we're still not sure who can see the force ghosts and when the battle with judge bergen is very well done it's set up in the slay uh, with the slaying of grand kiltius the glimpse of a strange being seemed to possess him to his words on the onset of the battle too late and their sorrow uh, too late and their sorrow do be theirs who misplaced their trust in gods learn their fate and his voice actor is on point nicely noted frost uh, once again Balfir seems to know a little bit too much about the Empire looks like we have a long walk ahead of us as we head to the Imperial Cities of Arcades on foot indeed uh, Queen Disa of the Viera finished this segment a bit over 30 hours uh, 33 I think we finally reached a snow area I told you Disa loves a good snow area enjoying the various places particularly the ones uh, 
uh, particularly the ones who aren't dungeons, as they are very dark. I'm kind of I'm kind of enjoying the dungeons more, man. My feelings on the stories and characters are much the same, though. It's just too Star Wars for me, and I have the same issues with both. I just don't connect well with the characters or story. It doesn't hinder me from from uh, it doesn't hinder it from being a blast to play. It's so much fun because you're constantly wo- uh, working on license boards and unlocking. Uh, as you unlock rapidly, it pushes me forward to grind a little bit more LP and a couple more levels. Uh, Garasaki, uh, in this segment, uh, sorry, Gary, everyone knows you as Gary now. So, <laughs> in this segment, we travel to the land of the Frans called the Europe Village. I enjoyed my stay. <laughs> we also had some fun boss fights. The bosses in FF12 have been awesome so far. Tiamat was a fun fight, but a bit easy, and the Elder Wim was a pain in the ass. Uh, status effects are never fun in the boss battles when the Elder Rim nails my white mage Pamelo and guest Larsa right at the start. It made the battles more difficult as I didn't have a way to remove much without Pinello. Still a fun fight. I look forward to the next segment and more of the story. Rob Skypirate Von K. Feedback in short and sweet this week. The game continues to be fantastic. Really enjoying the story and where it's going. I'm still blown away at the world and the fact it was a PS2 game. Side note, has anyone checked in on Bill since the Bunny Village? <laughs> After the friend commentary, I'm worried about how he's handling a, v- a village full of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but honestly, there's a there's a bunny woman on uh, Mount Burr-Omises called Ridging, and yeah, she she's my new favourite girl. And uh, yeah, but now, unfortunately, my audio submitters have kind of let me down this week. Yeah, yeah. Now, luckily, Ryan did Ryan from Out Quarters Podcast, which I can't recommend enough. Go listen to her Bastion series. The last episode is just mind-meltingly amazing. But yes, uh, she has thankfully managed to slide in underneath the underneath the closing tomb door like Indiana Jones and grabs her hat and leaves behind me some nice audio to do. So here is your audio from Ryan. Hello, it's Ryan. If I sound weird, I'm recording it on my phone. <laughs> in the washroom at work so that the radio hopefully doesn't get picked up. Uh, I definitely uh, did not get around recording my thoughts well at home. Uh, I did hit checkpoint technically after deadline. Uh, Oh, well. Uh, But this time, uh, I I realized last time I spent three out of four minutes talking about mechanics. I'm going to avoid that this time. Uh, Let's see. So what do we have? Um, What do we have this section? Oh, my goodness. One second. Now i got to open the Discord to double check. Uh, the only notes I had, which I guess is where I'll start, is I really wanted to talk about, uh, Drace and Gabranth. Um, I really like Drace. Um, kind of bummed out that she dies so early. Uh, but of course, the actions she takes, uh, that leads to her death is why I like her. So it's kind of an inevitability in that sense. Um... But I thought that that kind of moment with Gabrinth and her, where he has to execute her to not be implicated in with kind of like her, uh, like protection of, um, Larsa was like, I, I really liked that scene. That scene was, was, was very interesting. Uh, it also is setting up some interesting stuff with Gabrinth, who up to now, you know, kind of felt like we were, he he seemed very villainy with his role in the like death of Vaughn's brother and and the whole like faking of 
Bosh, and and so on and so on and so on and so on. Okay, let's see. So we did Jahara up to Mount Bar. Oh, right. Okay, this was a section with the forest. Um, the Viera home is really interesting. Uh, unsurprisingly, it really reminded me. Uh, in in Final Fantasy fourteen, the Viera village is very similar. Uh, there was another similarity, uh, tail end now, jumping to the final dungeon. Uh, the stone statues and then the enemies that were just like a stone block with a face, that model is just ported like one-to-one into the uh, sunken temple of Karn, no, lost temple of Karn? Um, the Karn dungeon in FF14. So it was a- another thing that was cool to see the origin of. Uh, so yeah, um, story-wise, let's see. Oh yeah, Al Cid showed up. Uh, this is all over the place. I- I'm going to try to focus on characters this time. Okay, so Al Cid shows up. Very interesting uh, archetype. Also, our second Cid. I'm curious if Al Cid is also tied to airships like the Imperial Cid was. Um, curious to see where this character goes. My initial vibe... He seems like a funny character that I do not trust. Uh, I'm assuming at some later point we will not be allied. I, I don't see it going well. Just just bad vibes all around. Um, the old guy there uh, also reminded me of an F14 character, Louis Soi, the the dreamer. I forgot his name. I didn't write it down. But uh, that, that dream man was very interesting. That whole scene was really interesting. Uh, which I guess leads me into, I really like, I haven't talked about the main cast too much yet, apart from, like, mechanically what classes I made them. Um, I really like Vaughn, and from how people talked about Vaughn and Pinello, at the very least Vaughn, uh, has a lot more of a presence in the story than people imply. Uh, he's had several kind of solo scenes with Ash being the only one initially who also sees a figure in the mist, seeing his brother. Um, when she sees um, her husband. And then there's also kind of that, that moment near the end of this segment where she sees her husband again and then kind of has the one-on-one with Vaughn of like, oh, did you did you see anyone this time? And he's like, no, no, I didn't. And so there's there's been some some interesting stuff, I feel, with Vaughn. And they're, they're, it feels like keeping him relevant into the story. Uh, although I'm curious if this changes later. I always heard people talk uh, as if kind of like um Bosch was the main character but really seems like it's Ash. Ash has been kind of at least up to now like the driving force behind everything. Uh I really like her as well. She's her her voice uh the delivery of her voice actor I am I'm loving. It's like always quiet but really like firm. Um she she always kind of speaks with almost like a bit of like grit to her words and even just her actions. She's kind of like the the stern character always like charging ahead that that sort of everyone else has to like keep up with it's it's really interesting uh we got some backstory for fran this time that was also uh kind of what i was expecting in regards to the exile bit but um there's that moment where her sister she brings her sister back and her sister's talking about how she wants to leave as well but fran sort of sides with well the eldest the other sister and, and sort of discourages her, uh, gets her to stay instead. And then there's this moment where, uh, well, she says to the younger sister, like, oh, like, I, I, I am no sister of yours. Like, I gave all that up when I left. But then in, in the final moments of that scene, when she's talking to her eldest sister, the eldest sister still refers to Fran as her sister. And I thought that was a really, really nice touch. I really, I, I think this game has a lot of subtleties with the, the character interactions. Or I, not that that's necessarily the most subtle, to be honest, but just, the characters feel like they have more 
going on than is verbally said a lot of the time, and I'm I'm really appreciating that, uh, which uh, takes me. Oh, there was. I wanted to talk about it. Um, now I'm trying to find it. <laughs> Sorry, one second. I feel like there was a line I wrote down. Um, bu- 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 bu. Now I'm checking Discord, stalling for time. Oh, I finally found my first ninja sword, which was cool. Um, so Vaughn sometimes has a dagger. Well, not anymore. Now he's ninja swords. But I actually, he was using a crossbow for a while, and it was it was kind of nice. Oh yeah. Um, I can't find the line, but Balthier is so interesting. I can't remember who said it, but in somebody's feedback, they talked about how Balthier seems like he always knows a lot more than he lets on. I was especially getting that vibe in this segment. And Balthier is the type of character where if there were a reveal that he was like an ancient trickster god who's like pulling the strings and is like kind of intrigued to see how things go and that's like his main motivation for being around, I would not be surprised by that. He has the vibes of like he has been around forever and he's just here to see how things play out. Like that is the vibe I get from Balthier. That would not surprise me. Um, I guess I didn't talk much about Bosch. I don't know. Bosch just kind of feels like he's, it's interesting. I think it's because I always heard him build as like the main character, but he seems just like a support character for Ash. Like he's, you know, the loyal retainer archetype. Um, I like him. Don't get me wrong. And I'm interested where things go with his brother, but yeah, I mean, so far Ash is really the kind of like driving force of the game. And so she's probably my favorite character, but Vaughn very much feels like not only kind of the in initially, but also kind of like the emotional core of the group. Um, so yeah, I think I think he's probably my, my second favorite character so far. Um, okay, yeah, I guess at the end of the segment, we have another Imperial Armada show up and do, do what an Imperial Armada does. I'm curious if we're going to hit a point where they've run out of airships. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm wondering where this all go. Uh, the yeah, I guess I I don't think I have too much else to comment on. I'm gonna leave it there. Let's see how long was this? Ooh, eight minutes. Doubled my time. Okay, hopefully the recording doesn't sound awful. I'm gonna send this to Bill now. <laughs> Bye. Thank you, Ryan, by the by the way. But yes, LZ, Pete, you know, you both let me down this week. Pete just completely. Uh, Pete's just fallen a bit behind, and uh, LZ is um, yeah, he just forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so LZ, you need to catch up, mate. And Pete, come on, mate. Give me your attack only run. I want to hear what it's like. Attack only in the Elder Rim without being able to heal yourself. That must fucking suck. Ah. <laughs> oh. Anyway, that's it for this week's RPG Club, people. Let's move into the outros. <laughs> yes, my lovelies. The next job is to get to Old Arcades, which is due February nineteenth. I told you we had a long walk there, so it's going to take the whole segment. <laughs> I really hope we do get some story beats in the middle, and I'll try and do better to make note of what they are. But if not, do not fear. Frost is here to, <laughs> to, to remind me of what's actually going on in the story. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, you need to reach Old Arcades, which is due by February 19th, my lovelies. So... Yeah, that's the RPG Club, which, by the way, don't forget, we have a patron. You can go to www.patron.com forward slash RPG years and join the patron there. And that's where we help nominate and vote for our RPG Club games, as well as having extra lovely episodes of stuff. In fact, if I remember and I get around to it, I'll edit the Zelda 2 episode that me and Scott recorded in November. (laughs) I'll put that out on the patron for a little bit first before I use it as a panic episode 
for when I forget to record one week or I'm too busy. Uh, but yes, that should be coming out to you patrons shortly. So yes, I will be getting you guys extra future episodes as soon as I can. I promise. I promise. Um, but yeah, come join the patron. Help us nominate the next game when we get round to it. But for the meantime, Final Fantasy Twelve people, that's what we're all about here. Ding, 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 ding. You can also come join us on uh, social media, uh, Twitter. We are at RPG Years, or you can contact me at Metanica at M-E-T-U-N-N-I-C-A. Or you can join us in the Discord, which is always the best place to chat with us directly about anything, leaving feedback, things like that. Discord is the place to show your love. There is a link in our pinned tweet on Twitter, or you can find it in the show notes below, or you can find it on our website, which is probablywork.com forward slash RPG Years. Again, we are part of the probably we can make this work probably network which has got some fantastic shows like podcasters assemble the super switch club which i helped create and now push eric through to make him edit it all the time it's really great in fact i've i've even made frost edit that now uh, so frost is now officially a podcaster <laughs> i've said it once i've said it twice i'll say it again frost you're a podcaster and yes anyway Enough of my nonsense. You can contact us any way you want it's up to you i'm not going to tell you how to live your life so i know so anyway people it's been great this week It's been a lovely RPG club. FF12 is continuing to be a fantastic game and I am thoroughly enjoying playing it. Unlike Banjo-Kazooie, which I'm fucking hating playing, but I'm still going to play it anyway. Anyway, (laughs) I keep saying anyway. Anyway, 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 anyway. Over and out, people. I hope you have a lovely week. I'll speak to you next week. Uh, We've got a Nintendo Switch Direct today, which I'll probably comment on next week. So I look forward to that. Predictions on a postcard, please. Anyway, over and out, everybody. See you later. I love you all. Bye. has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at ProbablyWork for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com.